This is Orson Welles on the Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles. On this episode of Orson Welles on the Air, we'll hear again from the lives of Harry Lyme, a series of 52 episodes produced between 1951 and 1952 in London, aired over a variety of networks. Our story today is Hand of Glory. This one first aired January 11th, 1952. Presenting Orson Welles as The Third Man. The Lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character, originally created in the motion picture The Third Man, with zither music by Anton Karras. Yes, that was me, Harry Lyme, making my way through a side alley in Paris. Were you ever in such a hurry you didn't even know you'd been hit? I was hit, all right, hit for the sake of a chunk of gold. But where the gold was by then, I didn't know and I didn't care. All I wanted was to lay low somewhere, and that's how it happened. I found myself in one of those sleepy English villages where the cows chew their cuds all day in the meadows. Nothing ever happened. Or so I thought. Do you believe in witchcraft? Well, I didn't. Till then. Takes a lot to convince me of anything. In this case, it needed the death of two people in that sleepy English village to prove me wrong. Wells as Harry Limes, the third man in The Hand of Glory. I wanted to get away from gold and away from France. On the boat for the channel crossing, all I cared for was being quiet, very, very quiet. I guess I looked like just another bum. I was pretty seedy, you know, my arm was in a sling. I was feeling kind of faint, too, and then... Then I felt someone touch my arm. I saw a girl with wide gray eyes and dark lashes that spilled over her cheeks. Excuse me. I've been watching you. Are you all right? Oh, yes. Yes, I'm okay. Thanks. You don't look it. Why don't you go downstairs? No, thanks. I like the air. It's so calm today. You can't be seasick. Is your arm painful? I see you've got it in a sling. Are you sure there's nothing I can get to? No, really, thanks. You're very kind, but I'm all right. Are you in pain with that arm? It's not too good, but I'll be okay. Don't you worry about me. 
Well, do at least sit down in one of these chairs and let me find a steward and order you a drink or some tea. Oh, please, let me do something for you. You really look all in. I don't know how it was, but I felt better for being around. After a bit, we were sitting there talking side by side, seeing we'd known each other for years. I told her how I'd got to go to England on business, how I'd been negotiating a rather tricky bigger business, in fact, and how the anxiety of it had made me exhausted. She was all sympathy. And when you got your negotiations through, what you need is a few weeks' real rest, without any worries, without anybody chasing about after you. Chasing about after you? Oh, yes, yes. You're a business associate, you mean. Mm. Mm. Life's so full of worries these days for everyone. You ought to come and stay in the village where I live. It's so sleepy and quiet, nothing ever happens there. That sounds perfect. Well, it just suit me. I've had a really tricky time just lately, and then being run into by a car on top of it all. You must come and stay with us. My uncles, I, I was telling you about them, they'd be delighted. Wouldn't they be a bit surprised? I mean, a stranger arriving? <laughs> oh, they love strangers. And nothing ever surprises Uncle John and Uncle Gregory. It's you'd have the surprise. Oh, I would? Well, they're a little odd. A couple of old dears, but a bit eccentric. Oh, yeah? Tell me about them. Tell me about your home. Oh, there's nothing to tell. The village is all apple blossom and nightingales at this time of the year. And our house is on the hill. It's very old. My uncles have lived in it since they retired. Well, what did they do before they retired? They were scientists. And now they still spend all their time in a laboratory they've built at the top of the house. All day they go up there. And at night, too. Oh, it's pretty dull for you. Yes. I get very lonely sometimes. Do you? What's your name? Hmm? Helen. Helen Carew. A pretty name. See what a pretty face. <laughs> Thank you. Then you come and stay? All right. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I'll come. <laughs> it was half a joke, but she gave me the address and told me to turn up whenever I like. Seemed a bit stuck on me. I found it flattering. A week or two later, I fetched up at that little village. Fallomere, it was called. Lay in the heart of the Fen country. When I got to the station, there was a message from Helen saying the car had broken down. She'd be along in a quarter of an hour. So I whaled away the time, going into the local for a pint. The place was empty. The landlord and I got talking. Now, this is what I call a typical old English village. Folks in America come miles to see a place like this. Uh, it's well enough. But I get out if I saw the opportunity. Oh, you would? Why? Too sleepy for you? Maybe. And one on me. Oh, thanks. Maybe you're one of those up-and-coming chaps who like town life. Oh, right? no, I'm a countryman. But I'm looking out for somewhere else. My wife feels the same about Fallowmere. Oh, does she? All right. I know I'd stop here to the end of my days if I had the chance. And we're not the only ones who are making plans to go. This place doesn't bring luck to anyone. Oh, but it brings visitors in the summer. Swarms of them. You're wrong there, sir. Oh? Dead wrong. They won't come. Why? What's, what's the matter with the place? Uh, that's what we'd all like to know. I don't get you. Maybe it's as well you don't. What is it you're driving at? Folks aren't lucky around this way, that's all. Lucky? What do you mean? Well, I'm not saying it's anything really, but the crops rot, the cattle ail, the pigs get sick, and a man's discouraged before he's begun. <laughs> Sounds pretty queer to me. It is pretty queer. And I can tell you something even queerer. Okay, tell me. It's the children. Every now and again, one of them begins to go, pointing away. That's all you can call it. A child gets hollow-cheeked and pale. 
And in a couple of months, it's all over. And no one can tell why. Oh. <laughs> Sounds very strange to me. And I was told it was a village where nothing ever happens. Well, sir, you've come to stay here. Let's hope you'll find it that way. I didn't take much notice of the landlord. I saw Helen standing in the doorway in a cool summer frock with the sunshine behind her. I forgot everything he'd said. She drove me back along the green lanes till we came to the house, and there, under a cedar tree on the lawn, were the two old uncles. They got on their Panama hats, and tea was set on a silver tray on a table. Ah, the stranger. How do you do, sir? How do you do? Helen, stranger, you're most welcome here. Very welcome indeed. Well, I'm grateful to you for inviting me here, Mr. Carew. Uh, myself, Gregory. My brother, John. Everyone calls my uncle Mr. Gregory and Mr. John, so you must do the same. Helen, give the stranger some tea. Uh, Mr. Lime, Uncle John. The strangers are very welcome here. Very welcome. Sometimes we go for weeks, months, without a stranger coming here. And never yet two strangers. <laughs> Helen told us how you'd met on the ship. We said she should ask you here straight away. Helen said you wanted to get away from life. That's what she said, to get away from life. Well, stay as long as you wish, young man, as long as you oh, wish. that's very nice of you, I'm sure. <laughs> Not kind at all. Now, if you will excuse me, we have some work to do. We don't allow more than half an hour for tea each day. We shall have the pleasure of seeing you at dinner. Now, thank you, sir. Don't thank me. You've nothing to thank me for. Nothing to thank either of us for. Au revoir. Well, your uncles, I... I had no idea they still worked. They're going to the laboratory. Mm. I told you how they spend all their time in it. No one ever goes into it but them. Not even to clean it? They clean it themselves. Oh, please try and understand about them. I'm sorry they were so strange with you. Well, they were very nice and welcoming. You said they were scientists, both of them? Yes, they're twins, you see. They've always done everything together. And now they've got a kind of, of obsession. I think I ought to explain about it. Mm, oh, obsession? What do you mean? What sort of obsession? Well, they think of nothing but gold. They want to find out how to make it. Not a lot of other folks like to find out the same thing. With my uncle, it's become a kind of sacred trust. They're determined to find out the secret of how to make gold before they die. Are they? Oh, that's pretty quick about it, won't they? <laughs> oh, they're very hale and hearty. I expect they'll start talking about gold tonight at dinner. So now that I've told you, if they do, you'll be ready to talk about it too, won't you? Oh, of course. Sure, sure. Don't worry, I'm, I'm always ready to talk about gold. <laughs> the transmuting of base metals into noble ones, Mr. Stranger. With the touch of the philosopher's stone, a man could transmute base metal into a million times as much gold. Alchemy, isn't that what it's called? It has been called alchemy for many hundreds of years. No one has found the secret yet. The power to know all is what we need. Don't you see, young man, what is wrong with the world today? Mankind is killing himself in the search for gold. Greed, striving, anger leading to war, starvation and famine. Find gold, find the key to what you're seeking and your wars are gone. The world has prosperity and happiness. Gold pours forth over the world and all excuse for bitterness is gone. Mm -hmm. I, I can see your point. It's certainly a pity no one can find out how to make it. Never been done yet, even in a small way, has it? It will be done. We shall do it. If not we, those who come after us. 
Uh, we are leaving our great fortune to the foundation. Uh, oh, yes, the, the foundation? The foundation of a college for young scientists for research into the making of gold. Oh, but uh, what sort of things go into making of this gold? Ah, uh, things we must keep a secret, Mr. Stranger. Uh, um, more wine? He will take no more wine. Then shall we join Helen in the other room? Oh, of course, but, you know, I find this search of yours for gold terribly intriguing. I'd like to know some more about Who it. Who would not like to know more? And no one has ever found the secret. Not yet, but it will certainly be found. It will be found when my brother and I have the power to know all. Well, old man, when you get the power, let me in on it. <laughs> returns in just a moment as the third man. Orson Welles, as the third man, continues with The Hand of Glory. They were, to put it mildly, an odd couple, those two old gentlemen with their velvet smoking jackets. After dinner each night, they'd go off to their laboratory. Helen and I were left on our own. I felt sorry for her. Seemed wistful, those big gray eyes of hers really melted me, but... Sometimes I had an idea she was sizing me up. She used to get me to talk about my business affairs. In a couple of weeks, I'd build up quite a big office and a whole firm around myself. I got to know everyone in it, down to the lowest of the clerks. It was all very well. But what interested me was this laboratory, the search for gold. One night after I'd heard the uncles going off to bed, I decided to have a look at things for myself. into the laboratory and through the window. It was an airless summer night. Behind me, I could hear a nightingale singing in the garden. There was the place. A strange jumble of globes and bottles. Bottles filled with queer, bright liquids. One was red like blood. There were little crucibles and jars labeled, and by the light of a torch, I saw there were books around the walls. Hmm. Sulfur, mercury... Crystal. This file's labeled Pigeon's Blood. What can they want that for? <laughs> this little figure made of wax. Mandragora. Sink foil. I do. do they need that for making gold? <laughs> I began to wonder. I began to think. I looked at the wax figure. And I saw that it was the figure of a child. And then gradually, I knew it wasn't only alchemy the old men practiced in that laboratory. 
It was witchcraft. I reached out for one of the books, began to read. Make an image in his name, whom you would hurt or kill, a virgin you wax, a person whose death you desire, the dust of a dead man. To make the hand of glory, let the hand of a murdered stranger be cut from him, and the hair of a stranger that is hanged, placed within it as a wick. Let it burn through the night, and you shall have the power to know all. (laughs) (laughs) If ever the hair rose on my head, it did at that moment. Someone laughed, but no one was in the room. No one had opened the door. Then I looked again and saw the old man, Gregory Carew. Perhaps I've startled you. You did not expect me. Well, I saw the window open from my room. I, I knew you you had things you valued here. And so I, I climbed up to shut it. Quite, quite. Uh, very thoughtful. And then I got interested, you know, in, in the books. Old books. Uh, worth noting. Uh, pray do not let me interrupt you. Well, these, these books do have an extraordinary fascination. Uh, a great fascination. Uh, let me see. Uh, what, what is it you are reading? Something about a, a hand. Ah, the hand of glory, Yes. A hanged man and a murdered man. <laughs> uh, one would be fortunate to obtain both the items required simultaneously. Uh, yes, most fortunate. Sir. One would have to be willing to wait a long time, stranger. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> how, how sweetly the nightingale sings. Uh, yes, yes. And now we will close up the laboratory and go back, each to our own room. Let me thank you again for your solicitude. I will show you down the staircase to your room, stranger. He came behind me in the darkness, moving softly. All the time I could hear him still behind me. But at my door he said good night politely, and without another word he left me. I sat for a long time thinking. But all the same, I didn't particularly care for it when the old man still called me. Strange. All next day, I thought about Gregory Carew and his brother. I knew it wasn't a dream. I knew they were mad, stark staring mad. Obviously, they'd stop at nothing in their search for the secret of making gold. Something warned me to get away. Then there was Helen couldn't leave her. So I told her I wanted her to come away with me, and she said she'd do it, and we decided to go next day. I had no idea where I'd take her, but I couldn't leave without her. That afternoon, I saw the uncles walking up the drive. Someone was with them. A tramp, an old, tattered-looking figure who hobbled along between them. They came near. I stayed hidden behind the arbor. You shall stay with us here, my man, until you're stronger. Oh, you're very kind of me, sir. You shall sleep in the attic. We'll make you up a bed, plenty of warm blankets and a soft mattress. Oh, you gentlemen have saved me. I was done. I've walked on and on. Uh, 
Not as young as I was. Oh, you must have a hot meal. We, we'll send to the kitchen for it. No, no, no. Better still, you go along and ask for it. They say Mr. Carew sent you. Uh, first standing on the right, second on the left by the kitchen garden. Get your meal, then we'll show you the attic. Oh, I don't know how to thank you, gentlemen, for this. That's all right. A good oh. night's rest and you'll be a different fellow tomorrow. Now, yeah. go along now. Uh, take it easy and don't hurry yourself. Right, right. The old tramp went hobbling up toward the kitchen. I felt there was good in Helen's uncles. After all, they came and sat on the other side of the arbor. Well, John? Well, Gregory? We've waited a long time. But now we need wait no longer. Two strangers under the same roof. When shall it be? Tonight? As well as any other night. He'll sleep in the attic. We'll, we'll give him a drug and he'll sleep very soundly. Very soundly. We'll hang him before midnight. And the other? Oh, he shall be first. A, a knife in his back. First the stranger, then the tramp. It'll all be easy to explain when the police come. What did we best say? The tramp murdered the stranger and hanged himself out of remorse. <laughs> the hand of glory at last. So simple, so easy. A knife in the back and a man hanged. And for us, the power to know all. So, that was it. I had found out the role for which I was being cast. Very nice. If you go for that sort of thing. That night, I didn't go to bed. I hid behind the curtains of the big window in my room. Outside, the nightingale was still singing. The moon shone brightly. I waited... And just before midnight, the handle of my door began to turn. Quietly. Quietly. It's dark in here. The bed is there. In the shadow. Have you the knife? I have it here. You have done it. There is no sound. The bed is empty. The stranger's gone. Gone? You betrayed us. I know, but now I see it all. You were afraid. You warned him. Liar. Liar. It's you have hidden him for your own purposes, your own ends. No, you were afraid. Liar, liar, liar. You know the secret, would you? You take the gold from me, your own brother. Where is the stranger? I don't know. I tell you, I don't know. Let me go. Let me go. I tell you, I don't know where he is. Liar. You have done this to me, your own brother. My own brother has done this to me. Let me go, Gregory. I raise the house. You will not raise the house. Give me that knife. Give me that knife. No, you shall pay for what you've done. Take that and that Quickly, there was John Carew on the floor in the moonlight with a knife in his back. Brother Gregory was gone. But where was the tramp? I rushed up the stairs and found him snoring in his blankets. Gregory Carew was nowhere to be seen. I ran back, roused the servants, went to the laboratory. The laboratory was empty. But in one corner, something swung backwards and forwards from a beam. We went up to the thing that hung there. Gregory Carew. A murdered man and a hanged man. The brothers got their wish all right. The things they wanted for the hand of glory. The only trouble was they went around to collect. 
Then came the police. And in deference to Helen, there was as little fuss as possible. The facts were too obvious. I stayed on a day or two, wondering what I ought to do about it, but she solved the problem herself. I've come to tell you about the will. It's been found in the laboratory. Oh, yes? It's only a few lines. My Uncle Gregory must have written it just before he died. It's changed. Changed? In what way, Helen? He's left his whole fortune to me. Well, then, it means you'll be rich. Mm -hmm. Very rich, Helen. Well, when shall we leave this place? I'm not leaving now. I'm staying here. I don't need your money, now I've got my own. My money? But, Helen, old girl, I haven't got any money. Haven't you? What about your office and the staff and your business interests? Well, to, to tell you the truth... Oh, yes, Harry. I always felt they were too good to be true. He was so very fond of them all. Well, perhaps if they don't exist, it's just as well I shan't need them now. But, but look here, Helen, aren't you coming away with me, then? <laughs> Not me. Yes, it does seem I'm lucky, doesn't it? Of the four of us, I'm the only one who's got the gold, after all. returns in just a moment. of radar, jet propulsion, television, and atomic energy, there's still room for witchcraft. They don't go for broomsticks anymore, but there's lots of witches. Mm. They don't bother with black cats. They settle for mink. Take Helen, for example. Now, there was a real witch. Oh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, old Harry's been telling us a ghost story. Well, sure I have. Why not? After all, there are such things as ghosts. And also, there are such things as beautiful girls. But it's silly to believe in either of them.
That's the show for today. If you want to hear more from Harry Lyme, more Orson Welles, or a variety of other types of old-time radio, just visit relicradio.com. You'll find it all there. It's also a link to our Shoutcast stream there as well, and our donate button if you'd like to help support this and all the shows. Many thanks to those who have donated. Thanks for joining me today. Talk to you again soon with another episode of Orson Welles on the Air. Orson Welles on the Air is produced by and for RelicRadio.com. Rebroadcast of this show without permission is strictly prohibited.